Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page, and please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Jerome Myers about the secret habits Apex performers use to get the most out of life. Myers, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. John, so grateful to be with you. Thanks for having me, man. It is a pleasure to be with you. You're joining us from North Carolina. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to talk about the secret habits Apex performers use to get the most out of life. I love that framing that you came up with. I think this will just be a super fun conversation. As we get started, I wanted to share Jerome's bio with everybody. Jerome Myers left corporate America because he realized that although he had many accomplishments, he had not gained significance because he was not leading a centered life. Now, as a leadership coach, he uses his personal journey and unique training method to guide other Apex performers in leadership positions to face their toughest personal and professional challenges head on. I think that's fantastic. I I think many of us have experienced similar types of things. So I'm curious and excited to learn a little bit more about your experience and and, uh, that trajectory for you. Uh, Pleasure to have you. Anything else you would like to share with listeners just on the, by the way of background before we launch on in? I guess, yeah. The the thing I love to tell people is I'm just a corporate America dropout. I think a lot of people are aspiring to get there, but I've actually done it and we help other people do that as well as working with people who are already outside of what we call the matrix to double their business and <laughs> take more time off. The aspirational goal to be a corporate America dropout. I, I love it. Um, and we're in the midst of the great resignation, the great reawakening, the great reevaluation, however you want to call it. And the reality is more and more people are joining the ranks, right? They, they just, they've taken stock and they prioritized, you know, what's most important to them. And they've realized you know, working that 60, 70, 80 hour a week jobs and soul sucking work, uh, you know, for, for an organization that doesn't actually care about them and isn't trying to help them succeed isn't necessarily how they want to be spending their life. Right. And so it's no wonder that so many people are taking that step. Now it's a leap of faith. If you're, if you're taking that step away from that security of a corporate gig, you know, to hang up your own shingle, to do gig work or, or, you know, chase your own side hustle. I get it. That's, that's a, uh, a scary kind of a prospect for many, um, but it can also be very rewarding. Uh, and even if if you just leave kind of a traditional corporate job to even 
you know, go to a different type of organization that's going to be more supportive of you, you know, that can be a really great move. So I, on the, on the outset of this conversation, I just want to say to, to anyone listening, you know, be, be bold, be brave and be willing to, to take stock of where you're at. And if it's not working where you're at, it's, it's okay. Like try something else out. We only live one life. Ooh, he said a mouthful there, John. I think so many people are in the groundhog day mentality of wake up, go to work, do the other stuff, come home, go to sleep, wake up, do the other stuff, go to work, come home, go to sleep. And they just do it over and over and over again on autopilot. And then they look up and they question where their life went. And it's because they weren't living it. It was lived for them or planned for them. And I just want to help get the message out that you don't have to live that way. There are alternative ways of existing in this beautiful blue planet that we live on. And I think you just have to have the courage to ask the questions and then follow the answers because I think the answers will always indicate what you should do next. Yeah, well, and that's interesting that you, you say have the courage to even ask the question in the first place. I've noticed, I mean, this is certainly held true in my life, um, but I've seen it in, in others too. Like when, when we're on in the grind, like a lot of times we're not even willing to ask ourselves the questions because we're scared of what the answer might be, right? And so we, we kind of shelf that. We, we just leave the questions to the side. We try to ignore them to the extent possible um, because we know that it could be disruptive. Um, and what you're suggesting is, no, let's like lean into the, those questions, ask yourself those questions, do the self-reflection. Um, it may lead you in a different direction. It may not. It may, you know, you may go through that process and realize, you know what, you're right where you should be. It's a great fit for you. You're living a, your best life, a fulfilled life. And that's fantastic. But you might also realize that, hey, there's things that you can change. And that change doesn't always mean leaving your current job. Sometimes it just means changing the way you engage with your current job or with your current organization. But other times it could mean a side hustle or it could mean starting your own business. It could mean, you know, uh, moving to a, a different location or doing different types of work. So just being willing to act, to disrupt the status quo in that way in our own minds and, and ask those questions is just important. Thousand percent. And I think it's a very interesting well, an important distinction that you made where you said it doesn't mean that you have to leave your role, but you may change the way that you engage, right? And I call that renegotiating or rebalancing of power or recontracting, however you want to describe it. I think the outcome is the same. This is who I am. This is a new me. Let me reintroduce myself to you. And these are the things that I do. And these are the things I don't do. And that may impact the organization in a way and that's okay because yeah it's a new person showing up here to do this thing yeah yeah well good tell us a little bit then about your experience as a corporate dropout uh what what got you there like what kind of woke you up you use the 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 analogy of the matrix like you woke up to the matrix you took the pill right you decided to leave like what got you there because so many people never get to the, the place where they're even willing to ask themselves the question yeah, it's what I consider to be a traumatic experience. And so I had the good fortune of being employee number two in a division that has zero dollars in revenue. And by the end of September, I had 175 people on my team. And by the end of the year, we did $20 million in revenue and 30% profit margins. Well, I thought we were too big to fail. And to be honest with you, 
I got a phone call on December 24th, and it went something like this. Hey, Jerome, you and I have been going back and forth for about three weeks now, and I've made a decision. We're going to lay off half the team, and you can be a part of that if you want, or we can have somebody else do it for you, but that's the final decision. And me not being someone who just kind of goes with the flow started to argue, debate, negotiate the fate of, you know, half the folks who uprooted or changed their lives in order to help me accomplish what we did over the course of that year. And about 4.59, I get reminded that it's Christmas Eve and that the person that I was speaking with had a family that they wanted to go spend time with. And so they ended the call. And it was up to me to figure out who was going to have an opportunity in the new year and who wasn't. And I wanted to make that process as objective as possible. I heard so many stories of, oh, well, people just kept their friends and the process was just subjective. And I didn't want anybody to feel like that they were unfairly impacted by the decisions that we were made, we were making. And so I didn't eat, I didn't sleep. And I spent the holidays trying to figure out who were the people who should stay and who were the people who should go. And we put Humpty Dumpty back together again. And I promised myself I would never do anything like that because I didn't agree that it was the right move. And I didn't enjoy telling people how to go find another way to feed their family. And I remember standing in front of the team two days before Black Friday and telling them, hey, be very cognizant of how you spend your money because I don't know what's going to happen between now and the end of the year. And I felt all of my leadership credibility just ooze out of me onto the floor. It's like, I, I, I don't want to do this. And so the first go around, I thought to myself, they're making me do this. I didn't take ownership. I didn't accept that I had agency or control. And now I was in this situation where I wasn't able to tell my team what their future was. And that was something that I didn't sit well with me. I wanted the buck to stop with me. And so I felt like the only way that I could get that was to walk out the door. You know, I, I thought I had the true entrepreneurial experience without taking the pay cut. You know, I saw people once a quarter that I reported to. I talked to them every other week and I was on the ground running the thing. But when it came time to make the big decisions, it wasn't in my purview. So I, I decided that I just didn't want to be in that situation anymore. And I truly did feel like I was trapped in a matrix and I needed to exit. When we get put in those types of positions, you know, it, it's hard because you you want to keep your job, you want to keep the stability uh, of of your benefits and your paycheck. You you know have people to take care of. Um, on the one hand, on the other hand, you believe in your team. You believe in the people on your team. You believe in treating them with dignity and respect. You believe in in looking out for their needs. Uh, and when those two, you know, priorities start butting heads, you know, then you have to, you, you, you kind of forced to ask yourself the question. Now, some people will just justify it. Like you said, they'll, they'll, they'll say, well, it's not my problem. I'm, I'm fighting the fight for my people. I'm just doing what upper management said I had to do. If I didn't do it, they just bring someone else in to do it. And then who knows what would happen. And that, you know, they'd slash people without any objectivity. And so we kind of, 
you know, that may be true, but it doesn't actually take away the need for us to own our own decisions, right? And our own, the, the part that we play in that process. Uh, and so sometimes we really do just need to be willing to walk away. It's something, I'm a university professor in addition to doing my consulting work. It's something I tell my students all the time. Like I, if, if I go into a consulting engagement with an organization, I need to just be willing to walk away from day one. So if they start to do things that are unethical or that I just cannot get behind, I can't agree with um, that challenge my core values, you know, I'm going to try to have those conversations with them. I'm going to try to inform them. I'm going to try to help them see where I'm coming from. I'm not just going to bail at the first sign of trouble, but if, if, I, if I do my due diligence, I go through that process and they still aren't willing to hear it or listen or to change their behaviors or anything like that. At that point, I need to be willing to go because it's not worth it to me to sacrifice my integrity. Um, and, and I shouldn't, you know, allow myself to be a stooge for other people who want to pass the buck on to me, you know, who don't want to own it themselves. Uh, and that, that's a tough pill to swallow. And I get it. Like when you, when, like you said, you have a mortgage, you have kids in college, you have this, that, and the other, you have all these responsibilities and obligations. I understand that that's hard. Uh, that's where the courage comes in. But when we have that courage, uh, and we're willing to lean into our own experience and expertise, we might find, we might just find that we have lots of potential to do other things outside of that corporate setting. Man, I think that was very eloquently put. Um, <clears throat> I, the, the thing I'd like to add on to that is when you say you don't have a choice, you give up all of your creativity you give up all of your ownership and you're just giving in or submitting to whatever is being presented to you and i just don't believe that that is a place that serves anybody in fact i think you want to live in a place of empowerment you want to live in a state of strength and that other place you you've just been become a victim and I just don't understand why people are willing to go to that position so easily. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So then this gets us into really how can we, once we, we wake up to the matrix, right? Once we, we can hold up that mirror, reevaluate ourselves and be honest with ourselves, how then do we, like, what are those habits that we can start to lean into and develop uh, that can help us to be high performers where we will find meaning and fulfillment in life, in, in work life, but also in our personal lives, in our family lives, in our community lives. Yeah, I, I love that you separated the two and I always smush them back together. I, I think life is very much spaghetti and not meatloaf and potatoes, right? So our model was for centered life is called, we call it the red pill, has six layers and it starts with self-image. Self-image is necessary because you're going to redefine who you are every time you make an adjustment. And so if you want something different than what you have, you have to become a different person. And I think so many folks think that, oh, well, I just can continue doing what I've been doing and I'll get what I want. And it's just not ever going to happen. There has to be a transformation in order to get it to a different state. Once you've adjusted your self-image, then you will move into relationships. So fix the relationship with yourself, then go into a relationship with others. 
we believe there are three types of relationships mutually beneficial not mutually beneficial but could be reframed as mutually beneficial and never going to be mutually beneficial we encourage folks to sever the non-mutually beneficial relationships immediately because those folks are leeches they're anchors they're holding you back they're draining your energy and they're keeping you from becoming the person that you could be because they like who you are because of the benefit that it provides to them the non-mutually beneficial relationships that can be reframed we want to take those relationships and actually explain to the people who are in them with us that things are going to change and here are the expectations that we have for them going forward this when you have only mutually beneficial relationships in your world allows you to stay continually replenished what i've found is a lot of the folks who are seen as apex performers seen as leaders they only have people coming to take things from them they don't have people bringing things to them and because of that they end up being drained overwhelmed and empty and those usually end up in a place where the person's self-image then changes and they go into this place where they're either counting everything that's done so they don't operate from a place of abundance but from a place of scarcity or they just don't give anymore and they just kind of shut down and end up in a really destructive space once you deal with the relationships we move up to work and so because you've improved the relationships and i'm not just talking romantic or business or friendships i'm talking all relationships you usually are seen as a leader people are attracted to you because of what you're putting out the energy that you're emanating into the space that surrounds you and the positive impact that you're having on other people and so that usually leads to an increased responsibility and that increased responsibility usually is tied into some additional comp and so self-image relationship and work that's all the stress in your life and so our goal is to turn the stress down right because we believe that people don't go do healthy things when they say they need to take the edge off and so we get the stress turned down have everything under control and then we can work on your health and with health we're doing things that are going to get you into peak performance state so there's the mental aspect of it but then there's also the physical the physical body has to be prepared to take on the load has to be prepared to take on a burden and if you're doing self-destructive things there's no way that you're going to be able to build up your stamina build up your strength in order to get to that next level we do health before prosperity which is level five because we all know somebody who's really wealthy but they spend all their money trying to get their health back and i'm a big proponent of people not going backwards so i want you to have your health so that when you get your prosperity you can actually enjoy it and prosperity for a lot of people is just income but i believe in time talent and treasures and so it doesn't do you any good to have a lot of money if you don't have any of your time and let's say you have some really good talent but there's no place for you to place it then it's not fulfilling for you and so those five levels self-image relationship work health and prosperity is when somebody has self-actualized and most people think they're done at that point but what apex performers find out time and time again is that there's another step because just because you self-actualize does not mean that you're fulfilled we believe that the only true success is significance it's your ability to positively impact the lives of other people and so level six is significant some people will call it legacy others people will call it mortal immortality 
what we call it significance. And the goal here is to figure out how you're going to take the abundance that you've accumulated by moving through those five layers and then share it with other people to make their lives better than they ever could have imagined. And, you know, the lady on the airplane, and it's usually a lady not trying to be sexist, or maybe I should say the person on the airplane says that you got to put your mask on first. And I see so many people trying to be generous from a place of lack. And while I think money is only an amplifier for who you really are, I really want people to get to a place of abundance and then share because they can do it without counting. They can do it with total generosity and without care on how it's going to impact their lives. And so those are the six levels of the red pill. And I think that is the model that if implemented will allow people to get all of the things that they desire and live the life of their wildest dreams. That's great. And I like how it starts with the relationships. Um, We build that foundation. In my mind, everything is built upon those foundations of mutual accountability, trust, in the relationships that we have around us. Uh, and there's, there's ebbs and flows. And so sometimes, you know, I think about like with my spouse, I've been married, I just celebrated my 20th wedding anniversary. Um, thank you. My, my wife and I have been together for a long time and we've had our ups and downs like individually and together, right? Like their life is hard. We have our challenges. There's times where things are going great for me and my wife is struggling. There's times where I'm struggling. My wife is, everything's going great for her, right? And so there are times where one of us is kind of lifting the other or taking, you know, an undue burden. But the point is that we're not stuck in a, in that kind of a pattern where only one of us is giving, right? We, we both are trying to give and we recognize that there are going to be ups and downs. There's going to be gives and takes, and there's going to be, there's going to be times where, you know, I'm tapped out and there's nothing more for me to give. Uh, and, and so then we, we just do the best we can to get through. And so, you know, we don't need to sever every single person from our lives just because in the moment they seem to, to not be giving to us, that's not what you're saying. But as we build those relationships, those sustainable long-term relationships, then we, we can trust in each other to know when those times, you know, when, when things maybe aren't going as smoothly, we'll know that, you know, the, the rainbows around the corner, right. And we're, we're going to get there. If I don't even go to the rainbow, I go to just knowing that there is a community around us. We've got the relationships that are going to pour into us. I think so often people believe they have to go somewhere else to get the things that they need. And I think if you've built the life that you truly can build, that you won't ever have to go far or reach to in order to get the support that you need on the things that you're working on. Well, this, this has just been so much fun. Um, I think there's probably a lot more we can really dissect and, and, talk about in relation to this, but I also note the time and I note that I have to let you go here in just a few more minutes. Um, So before we wrap up for today, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get in touch with you, find out more about your work. um, And then give us the final takeaways, the final word on the topic for today. Yeah. So the best place to go is JeromeMyers.co. There you can find out about all of the amazing stuff we've got going on. We've got an in-person conference coming up. 
We've got some free giveaways to help people exit the matrix if they want to exit the matrix. You can learn about multifamily investing and a few other things. So just tons of free content on the website for anybody. So it's JeromeMyers.co to get that stuff. And then for the final takeaway, I'll, I'll just tell people that if you made it to this part of the podcast, then you must have heard something that resonated with you. And I'm going to take it a step further, and you might want to end your listening right now, but if you don't, here we go. Your dreams should be real. Your dreams should be real. And you probably haven't heard that in a while. You might not have heard that since you were a child, but I'm here to tell you that your dreams should be real. And you deciding not to actually go out and make them a reality is probably negatively impacting maybe hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands hundreds of thousands or millions of people because somebody out there is counting on you to do the thing that you're supposed to do so they can do their thing. And every day that you delay, you're impacting what could be a change in trajectory for so many people. So I implore you, I beg you, I plead with you to go out there and actually listen to your intuition, listen to your gut and make your dreams a reality. Beautifully said. Thank you, Jerome. It's been a real pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Jerome can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page. And please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.